1: Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. And this is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. And if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. If you like what you hear... Make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. I love that so much about you. I really appreciate the support of the show. Uh, Today, uh, just seven shopping days left before Christmas, by the way. So let's get that done. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. You know, as a kid, it'd take forever for Christmas to get here, wouldn't it? But as an adult, (laughs) it really sneaks up on you. Um, but anyway, today, if you've been struggling with your real estate investing and you feel like you're doing all the right stuff, I've got something special for you. Plus, if you've heard of skip tracing, but not quite sure what it is and why you need to know, um, or if you've been skip tracing and, and you're dissatisfied with the data that you've been getting, I've uh, got a great guest for you as well. It's going to uh, give you a nice new resource that can really transform your business. But first, in the news, For those of you that have been uh, waiting to hit that 2017 Bitcoin high again of 20,000, its previous high, things like hit just barely 20,000, 19, something like that. Uh, We busted through that today, just about to uh, bust through 22,000 as of this recording. But we know how that works. It goes up and down pretty quickly. But this time around, it feels a little different because it's just kind of moving up, inching up slowly, slowly, slowly. It hasn't been that meteoric mediocre no meteoric rise that it was back in 2017 that big kind of bubble feeling but this seems like it's just kind of grown really nice and, and gradually and uh there's a second big whale that just joined the bitcoin or the cryptocurrency craze i think it was bitcoin specifically and that's kind of what's responsible for this big boom where was it uh there we go. Billion dollar Bitcoin whale surfaces as price breaks all time high. So that was early this morning. Um, and if you're listening to this on the day that this is released, uh, that would have been yesterday for you. Um, but uh, who was it? Eric Peter, CEO of One River Asset Management, revealed today that his fund will soon have one billion dollars in Bitcoin and Ethereum coin. So. Uh, so just the big dogs continue one after another to come into this Bitcoin space. People with a whole lot of money. I mean, billion with a B. And so I think it's starting to give this thing some validity. I, was, I listened to the, ah, uh, oh, what's the name of his show? I think it's called Level Up. Name's Eric Sue. I listened to his, his show. And I might have said this last week. I don't know if I said this last week or not. I no, I think I just listened to this. So he uh, just put half of his company's cash into Bitcoin. And I'm hearing more and more stories like that. But the big dogs are doing it, like JP Morgan and, and Citibank and now these two uh, big um, venture capitalist investors putting billions of dollars into it. So I think it's gonna be the real deal. Anyway, I'm not sure if this is the big moment we've been waiting for or not, but that's where we're at right now. And again, I'm talking about it more just because I have some in there. I've got no clue as to what I'm doing. This is not advice. I'm not saying you should go do it. Uh, But if you got a few hundred bucks that you don't mind losing, you know, maybe since Vegas is essentially (laughs) closed down, uh, you put some money on this. Um, Just put some extra money in. I put some extra money in there about two years ago, and I've just been watching it grow ever since. And their predictions are going to be 10 times what it is right now. I listen to the Mike Dillard podcast as well. I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working out, and uh, he's really bullish on it. Bullish? I always get the bull and the bear mixed up. He's really positive about it. And uh, I think it's going to be one coin. He's thinking it'll be like $200,000 by the end of 2022. That's 10 times what it is right now. And he's really kind of advocating this as the last chance to just create some generational wealth for yourself. But then he also acknowledges that it's a huge risk, too. So don't put in any more than, than you're willing to lose. All so that's it for that. Um, the first COVID vaccine sent out this week. Most states are expected to follow CDC guidance and vaccinate the healthcare workers and, and the staff and the residents of long term care facilities. They're all getting it first. And then uh, next week, CVS and Walgreens uh, pharmacists will begin vaccinations at 75,000 long-term care facilities in most parts of the country. And uh, it's a process that CVS estimates will take nine to 12 weeks. Now, one thing that I just learned as I was preparing for this show, that the vaccine requires two shots a month apart. So you got to get the shot twice and one month apart. So officials are saving uh, the, the second half of the 6.4 million doses planned for the first wave to send out in a few weeks. All righty, so hopefully we are on the back end of this thing. Hopefully this is the light of the end of the tunnel. Um, hopefully it is the, the beginning of the end. Boy, we, we're all over it, aren't we? But anyway, uh, I guess that's relatively good news. Uh, looks like Hunter Biden's dirty dealings Have some real teeth. Not good news for him, as the uh, FBI and DOJ have been investigating him since 2018. But, uh, you know, funny how that was disinformation, Russian disinformation before the election. But after the election, uh, now it's all real. But it's funny, I had links to such information. Accounts were banned on Twitter and Facebook that shared this information. But now after the election, it's okay. And the media is starting to discuss, albeit very softly and quietly. Um, But MSNBC and NBC, the Wall Street Journal is really asking for some answers. Um, So that's all kind of good news. Uh, But you've got CNN. Still, relatively mums a word. They've got to be going out of business, right? I mean, now that Trump's out of office or will be out of office here shortly, what are they going to talk about? Like, there's no reason for anyone to even tune in. They, they, they just every single story revolves around. They, they can't do a single story without mentioning his name. And uh, what are they going to talk about? I mean, they've got this other just small little story that they could talk about. This, this House representative. Eric Swalwell and his dealings with a Chinese spy he happens to be on the Intel committee. Um, there's a, there's a nice story there, but no, nope, you won't find that over at CNN either. Anyway, uh, moving on. Apple will now show nutrition like privacy labels that provide more info on the user data that's collected by apps. So they're going to become a little bit more transparent on what they're collecting about you. If you're using their products and then a legendary investor, we've all heard of him, Warren Buffett, urged Congress to pass legislation to help small businesses stay afloat. Ain't that needed? Like, that could be the most one of the most important things that our government should uh, focus on. But uh, no, we're going to focus on changing the name of the Cleveland Indians because that's going to have an impact. Um, anyway, Buffett called the uh, situation facing mom and pop an economic war and labeled small businesses collateral damage in a war that our country needed to fight and uh, he called Congress to extend the paycheck protection program on a large scale. I think we can all agree that the cure has been worse than the virus. It was funny how that became a political statement, and if you said that, everyone knew whose side you were on and they either agreed or disagreed with that statement. But step back, politics aside, there are many more lives been impacted by the cure than the virus. And sadly, and I'm not discounting death by any means, and there have been a lot of people that have died, but you, you start hearing stats like this. Um, less than 50 people, 50 children between the age of five and 15 um, have died from the virus, but almost 600 kids in that same age bracket have committed suicide since we've been in, uh, the, the pandemic has been here. I mean, that's 50 compared to 11 times. There's a stat this last uh, week, last, or last for the last month, it was for November, in Japan There are more people committed suicide in Japan in the month of November than the virus has taken the entire time that the virus has been here in Japan. More people died from suicide in in November than the virus has killed altogether in Japan. So the cures, (laughs) the shutdowns and the lockdowns, are pretty are are taking their toll. Even the World Health Organization has officially stated as such um, that the lockdowns are unnecessary and causing more damage than, than than necessary to combat this thing. But most of our leaders are listening to that other science. Wherever that other science is. I haven't found that other science, but the the World Health Organization regardless of what you think about them and the CDC, regardless of what you think about them, they seem like they still got a little bit of logic left <laughs> in, in their organization. But uh, our leaders, they're not listening. They're listening to the, somebody else's science and we haven't found them science yet. Anyway, it's so just so upsetting, you know? And I, I, I know so many people. I, I belong to so many different masterminds and have belonged to masterminds over the years and have created and developed so many relationships of people, of, of business owners of countless industries. I mean, i I know people that have just run businesses, all kinds of different businesses and, uh, they've just all been devastated. they have all just been reduced to rubble, reduced to nothing, you know, and, uh, they need help and, uh, we've got to uh, turn this thing around. So I really like seeing that, um, uh, Someone like Warren Buffett is stepping up and not politicizing it and just focusing on the lives because not only is it their lives um that's this is having an impact on, but it's small business that runs and causes this economy to run is what I was trying to say you know during the uh the great Depression and it was actually before the Great Depression as this country was developing, it wouldn't have developed without small business. It just wouldn't there wouldn't have been an economy to to run. That's how important and vital it is. So I just hope people start waking up and at least the people that have the ability to do anything about it, start making some changes. Um, moving on. I'm sorry, I get a little emotional about that one. Being a small business owner myself and having employees and, and just being grateful that uh, we've been able to pull through this with, with minimal damage on our end with, with regard to our, our company structure, our infrastructure and our employees. And it's just it's something very close to my heart. Um, anyway, uh, Mackenzie Scott, the billionaire ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, disclosed that she donated $4.2 billion to nonprofits over the past four months. So good for her. Um, the FDA said Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine was effective and safe in a detailed analysis released yesterday. So it could be approved later this week. So we could have both uh, or two vaccines out there. So hopefully that'll speed things up. The FDA also granted emergency approval for the first over-the-counter COVID-19 test that doesn't need a prescription. Um, And then I'm going to need some help with this. You might know him as the Greek freak. Uh, His name is Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a Greek name It's a lot of consonants In that name But uh, congrats to him He signed the Supermax Extension with the Milwaukee Bucks For 228.2 million dollars uh, The largest contract In NBA history So congrats to him And then the uh, NBA preseason is actually underway. Did you know this? I wouldn't have known unless I accidentally read it preparing for this episode. I'm really ready to get back to a regular life where that would have been news and it would have been common knowledge, or at least among sports fans. Alrighty, moving on, real estate. Have you ever felt like you're you're doing everything right, but the leads aren't just coming in, and those that you're talking to just aren't motivated enough to do a deal? And maybe it's been a while since you've closed your last deal. You're on a little bit of a slump and you're scratching your head. You're wondering why. Or, or maybe you're just still looking for your first one. You know, there's a lot of different places that you could be in. Uh, it can be a, a frustrating business at times. And particularly when there's so much other stuff going on, it's kind of easy to point to other things and blame it on other things. And and then, or just having a, an amazing amount of uncertainty around your business. Not knowing really not really knowing why you are or aren't getting the results that you're getting. Uh, But uh, we've had some major breakthroughs here at Epic over the years, over the last decade, 11 years, I guess, now that we've been helping people invest in real estate. And we've had some of these big breakthroughs in helping people reach their real estate investing dreams. But for whatever reason, it seems like if I I look back in hindsight, as it's so clear that way, um, every time we experience a breakthrough, and we put tons of new names. We got this big flurry of new names up on our wall of profits. If you want to uh, check that out, you can at wallofprofits.com. You can see all the, the amazing stories over the years. But for some reason, after we experience this influx of breakthroughs, then we kind of plateau again. And I'm like, I can't really figure that out. You know, we've, when we put up the Epic Pro Academy, I was really thinking uh, based on where I learned to invest, it was this investing college. I've talked about it here a little bit over the years. Nouveau Riche, I don't know if you ever heard about it, didn't have the greatest reputation. I don't know. And I don't know why totally. The owners were kind of a little swindly and they don't have the the best reputation. But I thought the the organization or at least the education that the organization put out was exceptional. I mean, it was just like some, it was just amazing. Every time I'd go there, it would be once a quarter, we'd meet in Glendale, Arizona. You have, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 students at a time would converge on Glendale, Arizona to learn about Real estate investing. It was just great. But uh, they had so many different courses going on. You couldn't attend them all. That's why you had to go back so many times. It was over a two-year period. But um, you'd sit in these big rooms and you just take in all this information. You get home and you'd be all stuck like, oh, gosh, what do I do? So it was great information. But what I always thought they were lacking was like a step-by-step process. So I was like, what? is we were moving into to starting our own education after a few years after I, I left there and you know, and I went out and did my rat race escape and everybody wanted to know how I did it, at least my friends and family and network. So I started this Epic Pro Academy and I was like, this is what I'm going to do differently. This is what I wish I had, was I wish they would have put this like in a step-by-step format. So that's what I did. And right away, we opened the doors and we created some amazing case studies and some amazing success stories, and I even made some really good friends um, in in that phase of our business. We kind of hit a little bit of a plateau, and so we started doing one-on-one coaching, or at least I did, and we generated a bunch more new uh, successful case studies and kind of hit a little plateau after that for a little while, and then we introduced our follow-through crew and the group coaching and kind of added a community element to it and experienced that breakthrough again. And then we were kind of in a lull for a while. We we're like, gosh, what, what are we going to do next? And so we did a little survey of, of our students to find out why people had started and stopped, like what was really going on. And it turned out like we started introducing so much cool stuff and technology and systems and, and just all the little tricks and stuff that we were collecting and gathering, both from my, my business and our stu- our successful students' business. And we were putting all that stuff inside the academy and it turned out people were just getting stuck setting stuff up. <laughs> they'd get stuck setting up their, their phone system or stuck setting up their website or they didn't know, if, should I do an LLC or should I do an S-Corp? Who should I talk to? And, you know, they were really busy, but they'd get burnt out on all this busy stuff and never actually made it to the real estate stuff. So William, who worked here at the time, and Miguel, who still works here, we kind of got together. Gosh, if we're gonna continue to, to coach people in any good conscience, um, we gotta get them closer to the goal line. We gotta get that stuff out of their way. And we know just by the human beings and human nature, there's gonna be a certain percentage of people that give it a go and, and fail, so to speak, or quit. And But how can we increase that percentage? Well, if they're going to quit, let's make sure that those that do quit get burnt out on real estate stuff and not setting up website stuff. So that's why the RAs program came in. It was like, well, let's just, we have it all set up for our own business already. Let's just copy and paste ours and, and give that to our coaching clients that way. And that was a huge breakthrough. That just like, we probably multiplied our success stories by five or six times in about an 18 month period. And that was exceptional. And I was like, we just kept on moving on, moving on, moving on. And I wouldn't, I mean, we're still producing great success stories. That's a great program. And it shows people how to move to to build a business out of real estate. It helps them make that transition from their day job. Uh, we have several people now that have uh, created enough passive income to where they don't have to even do real estate anymore. I mean, Josh Miller is a great example. He did so much business inside of those 13, 14, first 13, 14 months that he retired from real estate and went to go start his software company. So we've got a bunch of stuff. We've got the Enrique in uh, in in uh, Los Angeles. You know, he, he bought a few properties from Cashflow Savvy and then decided he wanted to do it himself And after that. And we struggled a little bit. It took us a minute, but, you know, he stuck with it. He was determined. He was persistent, and, which I totally admire about him. And just like it always happens, if you are consistent with those activities, you will get the results. And he came across the right seller who had a little package of properties for sale. He's able to arrange seller financing for them all. And with that one transaction, (laughs) was able to uh, create enough passive income to leave his job. He hasn't left his job, but he has that option to now. So those stories, those keep coming, right? But I'm a little bit like antsy and impatient. I want more. I want more. And so I was checking with all the people in the RIA's program of, uh, that weren't getting the, the results or not getting the results that they wanted and seeing what we're, they were breaking down. And so it inspired this most recent breakthrough, the Legends Challenge. I started out calling it the 10-Day Challenge. I just felt like it needed a sexier name. So we called it the Legends Challenge because we want to create legends out of this program is what, we, what I was determined to do. And uh, I don't see this one hitting a plateau. It's still young, still new, so I guess it remains to be seen. But I don't see it hitting a plateau. Um, and real quickly, the, the difference between this and like REI Ace, for example. And perhaps we should have done this before REI Ace. I think they just kind of came out of sequence. But um, the Legends Challenge, it shows you how to make money, right? And make money quickly. I mean, it's a 10-day challenge. And uh, like I said, we probably got that a little bit out of sequence. But then REI Ace, well, once you know how to make money in real estate, REI Ace is kind of there to um, take that money you're making and then turn that into a business and then systemize it and create more efficiencies and create some consistency around it and consistency around it. Just make it a real business. So that's kind of the difference between the two. Anyway, whether you join us for the next one, which will kick off January 5th or not, I want to give you the big breakthrough that you can apply to your own efforts, whether you do it with us or you do it on your own. And why the Legends Challenge has become like kind of my favorite little program now, my favorite thing to do. And I'm going to do it every month now, uh, moving forward, at least until um, something better comes along. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying taking the journey with people and being hands-on with them, allowing them to look over my shoulder and watch me do what I do. And, but that's not really where the breakthrough comes through comes in it comes in this discovery around this magical word and it might mean absolutely nothing to you but stick with me and that magical word is intention and what I mean by that is you know you can do the activities and I've professed that for for a very long time you just do the right activities do them consistently do them with persistence and you're going to get the results right but there's another element that that is absolutely essential to that, to have the intention behind those activities, because you can go through the motions, right? You can go through those motions. You can do the activities, but if they aren't backed by the right intention, you're much less likely to get the results that you're looking for. I mean, as an example, one of my RA participants several months ago, I won't mention her name, but uh, she hit me up privately looking for help and, uh, we laid out everything that she had been doing on the table to to see where it was breaking down for her right and they she was you know she was doing some uh, she was doing some marketing she was returning some phone calls she was setting a few appointments she tried to negotiate a few deals but after i don't know about 8 months or so no deal yet not nothing at that time and so she had a uh, She had heard me here on the podcast talking about how I was sending out signed offers in the mail. So she tried that and still no deal. So based on what I just shared with you, it sounds like, okay, well, she appears to be doing all the right activities, but she's still got no deal. What's wrong? And she's brand new, by the way. I mean, she's starting from scratch. And as I always say, in the beginning, what you lack in skill, you're going to have to make up in volume. And the better you get, the less volume you'll have to do. So that was number one. She just needed to do more volume, right? She dib, dib, dibbled and dabbled. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, but she, she had dabbled here and there and she'd done some stuff, but she just didn't do it enough and she didn't do it consistently. But, but she was doing all the right activities. But going through that, and I, and I noticed that and I pointed that out to her and she agreed. But what I really noticed was her intent. You see, it was becoming evident that She was more interested in doing the activities to demonstrate that she was doing the activities. But there wasn't any real intent in getting a deal done. Those are two different intentions, right? You can do the activities because your intent is to do the activities or you can do the activities with the intent to get the deal done. It's kind of like going to school, right? If you remember going to school and you had a test coming up and you just wanted to pass the test. So you did everything you could to take that test and pass it But there was no real intention or no interest in actually learning the information. What's gonna give me a passing grade so I can move on? Not, ooh, I wanna learn about this stuff so I, I remember it. Two totally different intentions. And all the kids were in the classroom, right? taking the test. They're all doing the right activities. They got the pencil in their hand, the paper on the desk. They're filling in the little Scantron or whatever. That Do they even use Scantrons anymore? I don't know. Um, But they're filling in the little bubbles. They're answering all the questions. So they all look the same. You had a classroom with 30, 40 kids. They all look like they're doing the same activity. But the intention behind that activity is very different. And so what I started to notice was there are the money-making activities but within those activities, there's a hierarchy of sorts that I now call the hierarchy of intentions. And here's what I mean. You've heard me say this. It's a people business, right? Every piece of real estate you buy or sell is going to be from or to another person. You have to deal with people. You have to talk to people. And so if you hear me say that, and you could be like, okay, great. I'm going to go talk to people. And you can go talk to people and do no business. And you be like, oh, well, what does this people business mean? I'm talking to the people. I'm not doing any business. Um, uh, so you could take it to the next level. You go, uh, you could ask that those people that you're talking to, do you actually want to sell your property? And if they said no, then you'd stop, right? You didn't ask for a referral. You didn't ask if they knew of anybody else that might want to sell. You didn't ask if they had any other properties to sell. Cause that's a low intention of doing business. If you skip all of that, or let me give you, let's do a different example. Um, For example, let's see. Okay, so I mailed a bunch of offers, okay? And none of them came back. I'll just put myself in this example. And none of them came back signed. And I was like, okay, well, that didn't work. Well, that was a very low intention of just putting blind offers in the mail and none came back signed and saying, okay, that doesn't work. But a higher level of intention for me could have been calling each person first before mailing the offer, That would have been a higher intention, right? i wanted to make contact with them and say, hey, I'm putting an offer in the mail to you, Uh, look out for it and call me. That could have been, that's a higher level of intention. Or an even higher intention could be calling each person first, mailing the offer, and then following up after they receive the offer. That's a higher intention of getting a deal done. Or an even higher intention would be calling each person first, mailing the offer, following up with a phone call after they receive their offer, and then calling each month, putting it in my calendar to call them each month to see if anything had changed if they wanted to sell then. And then I could have put them in on a drip campaign with email. I could have put them on a drip campaign with a postcard. I could have put them on a drip campaign with a text broadcast. Then also with a ringless voicemail kind of like what we do with the REI ACE program. But that's a higher intention, right? I have a greater intention of doing a deal, so I'm gonna contact them in as many ways and as often often as I can without being a total pest. So if you wanted to elevate that even more, what could you do, right? So I've got all this stuff going on. I'm I'm making the phone calls. I'm mailing. It's an offer. It's a signed offer. I've got a self-addressed stamped envelope inside. Um, If you like one of these offers, sign it, send it back to me. I'm following up with another phone call. I'm sending text messages and emails and postcards and ringless voicemails. It's all automated. It's all systemized. It's hitting them every single month in multiple different ways. What else could I do? Think about it. What else could I do? Because that's a lot, right? I'm throwing the kitchen sink at this person or this list, this group of people. So the normal response would be, well, I don't know. And maybe you're sitting there waiting for the answer, right? Okay, Matt, what else could you have done? Sounds like you did everything. But think of it this way. If your family's life was on the line, if you didn't do a deal, would your answer still be, I don't know, and then I did it all and just let your family die? It's a confrontational question, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, how dare you, Matt, talk about my dying family? I'm not talking about your dying family. It's hypothetical, of course. But if I ask you under one context, what else could you do? And you're like, well, I don't know. But if your family's life was on the line and I asked you that same question under a different context, would your answer still be, I don't know? Say, well, I'm sorry. Guess my family's out of luck. Of course not. No. You might start introducing creative ideas in your offer, right? Creative financing structures or different ways of paying for it. Finding out what they really want, like what could really cause them to do business with you. You may knock on the door and, and do it in person instead of over the phone like you had been doing or just trying to do it via ringless voicemail or text message. The point is you'd figure it out. This is to save your family, right? You'd figure it out and you wouldn't quit. There's a great speech from Tony Robbins that addresses this. And I'll play it for you. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to or not, but I'm going to play it for you anyway. It's only like two minutes. Um, and I listen to this speech every once in a while when, when I'm stuck or when I, I just need a little bit of uh reminding. <laughs> and by the way, Tony in this two minute clip, and that's just things two minutes, twenty seconds or something like that, less than two and a half minutes. Tony uses some very colorful language. So if you have kids listening with you, if you're in the car with your kids or at home, whatever it may be, just wanted to warn you. Okay, this is a warning to take whatever action you feel appropriate. I'm not telling you what you have to do, but however you manage that situation if uh, there were some inappropriate language being spoken. I just want to warn you for the next two and a half minutes, you might hear some. In fact, you most certainly will hear some. All right. So I just want to give you a heads up.
0: Everything you people have told me, I didn't have the technology. I didn't have the right contacts. I didn't have the time. I didn't have money. Everything you've told me, I didn't have enough Supreme Court justices. Those are resources. And so you're telling me I failed because I didn't have the resources. And I'm here to tell you what you already know. Resources are never the problem. It's a lack of resourcefulness is why you failed. Because the ultimate resources are emotional states. Creativity, decisiveness, passion, honesty, sincerity, love. These are the ultimate human resources. And when you engage these resources, you can get any other resource on Earth. Resourcefulness is the ultimate resource. And if you don't have what you want, stop telling yourself the story because you don't have the money, you don't have the time. That's bullshit. It's because you haven't committed yourself where you would burn your boats. If you wanna take the fucking island, burn your fucking boats and you will take the island because people, when they're gonna either die or succeed, tend to succeed. And that's my point here with this episode.
1: When people are gonna die or succeed, they tend to succeed. So if you're given a choice, your actions may appear to be the same, but your intention behind those actions will be very different. I love that that little quote. When people are gonna die or succeed, they tend to succeed. So with the actions you're taking, are you really trying to get a deal done? Or are you trying to see how little is required to get a deal done? Or are you trying to appear sincere in your actions so everybody is seeing you do it so you can say you tried and then you know you're going to get a little pat on the back and some consoling because that might be a bigger payoff for you. Subconsciously, maybe consciously, I don't know. Or are you going through the emotions? uh, Are you going through those emotions just enough so you prove that this doesn't work so you can be right about it. See, this real estate thing doesn't work. Or do you want to prove that you're just not good enough? See, I knew I couldn't do this. I knew I I wasn't smart enough or I wasn't old enough or I wasn't young enough or I wasn't good looking enough or I wasn't a good enough people person. I knew it. So you can be right there. You know, some of those things may be very difficult to come to grips with. It takes getting real with yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. I mean, you can BS the outside world, but it gets really dangerous when you start BSing yourself. And it's in the Legends Challenge where I'm helping people get real with themselves to get out of their own way, to put the right intention behind their actions and go get a deal done. It's not rocket science. And it's really not that difficult. It's pretty darn simple. It can be challenging. It's going to have your frustrations right? I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's not that difficult. So let's get that part done first. Let's focus on that. Before you start thinking about quitting your day job, before you're thinking about you know, putting systems in place, before you start creating your LLC, before you start putting up your website, you know, before you start thinking, let me get all the right activities, but you've got low intentions behind those for getting a deal done. And let's just get the right intentions behind those and let's make some money first. Let's just get that part done, you know, in the last Legends Challenge, in a small group of, of 19 people, we had seven signed contracts inside of just the first six days of the 10-day challenge. So that's what? Is that 45-ish percent inside of six, 10, six days of the 10-day challenge? And of those seven contracts, four of them were people's first contract signed so, you got to get the right activities. You got to do it consistently. You got to do it with persistence, but you got to have that all backed by the right intention. So, the Legends Challenge is not open at the moment, um, but it will be. I'm going to open it up right after Christmas if you'd like to join me. And uh, we'll get started on Tuesday, January 5th. And I'm with you live through the entire thing, by the way. And uh, if you'd like to, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, and I don't know how many people listen to this on the day it actually is released. So you might be listening to this at, um, at the right time or maybe somewhere down the road or maybe years from now because that happens to do with podcasts. But uh, you can find the details at thelegendschallenge.com and you can just kind of check the status to see where we are at. Um, but at the very least, ask yourself, what's the real intention behind my actions at the moment? What could I be doing more of that I'm not? If my family's life were at stake, what else would I do? Would I be doing what I'm doing right now? You know, there's plenty to learn about real estate here on this show. We've been talking about it for going on our 11th year now. But this episode especially, if you're not getting the results that you want, there's something significant to learn about yourself. I really want you to win. And I know how hard it can be sometimes. I know what you're going through. 100%. Been there, done that. More than once. And I record this show to give you everything I've got in the interest of you getting the breakthroughs and the aha moments that will make a real difference for you. That'll make a difference in in what you're producing in life. Obviously, professionally. Obviously, financially. But the impact that's going to have on you personally it's probably immeasurable. I open doors, you gotta walk through and I'll keep opening them for you, all right? Until you find the one that feels the best, <laughs> the one that you feel like you can fit through. Um, but even if you don't feel like you can fit through it, make that attempt, take that first step, all righty? So, on the line, a new friend of mine with a great service that will help you more efficiently find and contact motivated sellers, so, uh Let's get to it. Without further ado, please help me welcome Mr. Mike Singletary. Mike, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show.
2: Matt, happy to be here, Matt.
1: Yeah, glad to have you. You know, I uh, was really excited when I started talking to you because skip tracing has become all the rage inside of real estate investing marketing, particularly when you're trying to locate motivated sellers. And there's so many different options out there. And there's so many various complaints and concerns and questions about those different types of services. And after talking to you for a while, I really got the impression that you're on, on that next level. And uh, I was excited to have you on the show to talk about it. So welcome.
2: Appreciate you, man, for sure.
1: You know, I, I didn't get to talk to you too much about, you know, what you did before or what you're doing or what you did prior to this company. So just kind of, I don't know, let me in on the background and then we'll get to the nuts and bolts. Yeah,
2: sure, man. I'm an investor, right? Like most of us, right? So I've been doing it since 13. But before that, uh, I used to own a high-end hair salon, which is a totally different industry. So I kind of joke around like, if I could figure this out, anybody can, right? (laughs) Uh, But at that time, man, I I bought into a franchise. I thought it was going to expedite my learning curve. Um, And it did a little bit, but then I realized it it took the lifeline out, which is the marketing aspect of it, right? So when I got out of that, I dived into marketing and was just flooded with uh leads that that you know really i like, couldn't handle the infrastructure wasn't there at that time so we built that out and then we started obviously playing with other lead sources so we did texting about four years ago we were probably the only one in our market at that time to actually text and uh, man just fell in love with it the roi was crazy um and then we got into cold calling so now telecommunications marketing uh cold calling texting is kind of like our gig that's what we do so We, you know, obviously Skip Trades had a seat with all the top providers, all that stuff. And I had a real, um, you know, techie partner at that time. And so we're like, like any, you know, investors like, man, how do we figure this out to get it cheaper and better? And that's how kind of Skip Force was born, man. We, uh, we figured out a different way of gathering data at better cost, and, uh, and kind of use it internally until we kind of pushed it out.
1: Fantastic yeah i've been i've been talking a little bit about the, the idea of capitalism here on the show <laughs> yeah
2: for sure and, man.
1: you know that that's absolutely why capitalism is good because it gets innovative creative people to build better stuff for a lower price and, and the consumer benefits in that type of environment so cool so initially you know you, you were texting you were cold calling you were getting your, your data skip traced what yeah. were the initial problems you were seeing
2: I think initial problems are the same problems you're experiencing right now. I mean, really almost every uh, skip tracing, and there's a lot of them out there comes from two sources, like 95% of them comes from two sources and everybody's reselling those sources. And then a lot of them are reselling resellers, (laughs) right? So Mm -hmm. like we are one of the few that actually sources it from a totally different uh, space. And so our unique selling propositions are the same, but I think the biggest problems is that man, it's highly inaccurate, right? So like even the top, sources are 50 to 60% accurate. Like it could be 70% accurate for like a small period of time or mm-hmm. even higher, but not for a long period of time. We have in millions. Uh, just because our target audience is a moving audience, man, they don't wanna be found. So they're constantly like changing their phone numbers. So, uh, so that was the biggest issue that we asked, like how can we make this more precise? How do we make this a little bit better? Because when you're talking about like, I don't know, three, five, 6% difference over compounding over time, that's a huge difference, right? right.
1: Totally. Super. So, you know, if everyone is pulling from the same sources, those same two primary sources, and I get the reselling of the reselling because I think I'm in one of those chains on a former former provider. Um, so where does one begin? Like, where, where do, you, do you go to a different well or do you go to the same well and do some sort of optimization to the data that you get?
2: I mean, when you talk about best practices, I think all the big players do the same thing and we still do, right? Even though I own a skip tracing company, I think you have to have two different sources. And the main thing though, is understanding where your skip tracing company, what their source is, because if the repository is the same, you're gonna get the same results, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the advantages that we provide our clients is that our repository is totally different. We have access to carrier level data, which is different from everybody else, right? So-
1: What type level data?
2: Carrier, like phone carrier. carrier. Got yeah. it. So, I mean, it allows us to kind of give, like, even our unique selling propositions, our services are different than what you're seeing from other people. Like, we could we grade everything by an activity, you know, for the last 12 months. We could tell you the best numbers to contact first because based on activity. We could tell you the time of day that phone number is most active. That'll increase your connection rate by about 7%, 5 to 7%. That's what our test showed. Um, so it's really good to like try, ha- run data through one source with a different repository. You get your fallouts, your non-performing numbers. You get that one. If you actually track them, like which a lot of people don't, man, you'd be surprised, Matt. Uh, but if you actually track them, you get that, then you send it to your second source, and then you get squeezed out another 15 percent uh, from your list, which is huge. Explain, explain that. I'm,
1: I'm not following you there.
2: Yeah. So I mean, like, say you get a thousand phone numbers, right? Right. Or say you get a 1,000 prospects on a list and you're 50% accurate. So that means 500 uh, prospects that you're not getting a hold of, right? And, and a lot of times people just get another list. That's what they do. And then they start running out of data, right? right? So what you want to do is whenever you're, you're having your ISA, this is one of the uh, issues I'm seeing people do uh, uh, go through, is that you want to qualify that lead. Is that the homeowner or not? And if it's not the homeowner, you could obviously – Qualify to classify it, download it, and send another spreadsheet to another provider and extract that extra 10, 15% out of it. Does that right. make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I got it now. Um, so, carrier level data, and you said you can grade by activity. That's just mean by, yeah. by when the number was last used?
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's not so much this number last used, but it's the number that is associated closely with that particular prospect. So we give three numbers. We don't give like 10 numbers, man. I think it's mm-hmm. just clogs of your system, right? right? We give the top three numbers. And sometimes it's that prospect or sometimes it's somebody that's associated with that prospect. So I like to give this example a lot because it's true. If I look up my mother-in-law, right? I literally look her up. My wife's phone number has the highest grade because you know they talk every single day. Mm-hmm. So she is an influencer to my mother-in-law, right? So mm-hmm. anything that's associated with that prospect and even then, it's an exact science We're right? The same as everybody else, 50%, 60% accuracy, right? Everybody wants to talk about hit rate, but that is really not the KPI. I mean, anybody can give you phone numbers, truthfully, right? right. Uh, the main thing is accuracy, which is the toughest KPI to monitor because even if you're talking to the homeowner, all they have to say is like, man, I'm not the homeowner.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's a frustration for a lot of people And they say, this data yeah. sucks. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, it is sucks, man. Right, so 50 to 60% accuracy, and finding the phone number for the person you're looking for that that's a that's a good number so if you're getting that you're doing okay
2: that's about average yeah that's about right man you know what okay. i mean every list is different like high equity you're going to get a higher accuracy rate absentee vacants you're going to get a lower one that's just that's just kind of a nature of the beast
1: perfect it seems so stra- simple and straightforward but maybe it's just because i'm taking my own knowledge around skip tracing for granted what else do i need to know what else makes a skip force unique
2: I mean, the biggest thing uh, for skip is, I mean, if we have two services, I mean, prices was really separates us in quality, right? We, what we strive to do is give the highest value with the highest quality with the best possible price. So uh, if you're a member for $49, you get access, access to eight cents skip trace no matter what your volume is. If you just, you don't want to do a membership thing, I get it, man. You can do a standard pricing. It depends on volume. Uh, it goes from 12 cents down to eight. Uh, we give you the quality score, we give you the call window. We even have this thing called, it's called flip your list, where we can take another provider's phone uh, phone numbers, like your non-performing numbers we're talking about. We mm-hmm. grade them, put a quality score on them, and see if there's another number associated that, with that prospect that has a higher score. So once again, all you're trying to do is squeeze out another 10, 15%. That's what you're trying to do, right? With your list and compounding mm-hmm. that over time. Organizing your data is a big one. A lot of investors manage this. You know, they're not experts, man. They just want to go buy houses, right? right, right. So having somebody that organizes it and, and makes sure they're qualifying it correctly, uh, that's something that I think a lot of people have problems with. We're trying to develop that uh, a program for them that helps them with that. We're even uh, opening a call center now because that call window is not easy to implement. Uh, we have a few clients that really, really use it, but a majority of people don't because it's like an extra step or two, right? So I think that's the things that differentiates us is is that, man. We were trying to give you the best possible value for your uh, process and for your business.
1: Got it. No, I, I see that. So like three numbers instead of 10. Right. Um, we've got uh, right at the upper echelon of the accuracy. Then the numbers are graded by activity by which ones to call first, best yeah. time to call, which is key. I know a lot of people ask me about that all the time. When's the best time for me to make these calls? Yeah, we got it
2: built in, man. So that's pretty cool.
1: That's great. That's great. And then you just you just mentioned something and you kind of went fast over it, a call center. You guys have a call center?
2: It's in beta, man. So we're just okay. starting it right now. We got a couple of our clients that we're going to, that we're, that's using it. Um, one of my strengths of sales. And so I like training our in-house ISAs I've used every call center out there, it's always i don't know man i mean i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say anything about anybody else i always mm-hmm. felt like our in-house guys were better so we're just going to kind of we're just going to dive into this and see what happens i don't know we might fall on our face who knows we might not you know mm-hmm. what I mean? but wow. uh but so far i know in-house our results are better so you know we're going to try to scale it out
1: perfect yeah call centers are, are interesting because you know, typically your most reliable, accountable people aren't going to be your best salespeople. So it seems like the the sales manager is always juggling like stability with performance, right? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, moving forward, um, you got any predictions for the uh, real estate market?
2: I think the same as everybody, man. I'm super excited uh, about next year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity within our business. We're starting to see that now. We're starting to see a lot of people uh, because I live in Texas, a lot of people, uh, it's not really shut down, but they were scared six months ago where right. they're starting to come around now. And I think it's going to be even, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with this new administration. You know, I think all of us are kind of, um, on pins and needles to a certain degree, yeah. you know, but I think next year, uh, people are going to have a lot of equity and they're just not going to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I think creative financing is going to be a big deal next year. And I think you probably do too. And a lot of it, everybody in our circle does, uh, I just haven't you know, being smart and having different ways of monetizing the deals can be a big deal for us.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in it as well. I'm, I'm prepared for whether it continues to go up as it is. It's remarkable that it is going up still, but uh, I'm prepared. What do for you think, man? As well. What do I think? I just did a, a an analysis for in a, tra- a training that we just did last week. And I just pulled up all the normal data, right? All the normal data that anyone would look at, you know, um, you're looking at supply, you're looking at demand, Um, You know, you're looking at the inventory, you're looking at the the foreclosure rate, you're looking for the eviction rate, you're looking for all these different things. The affordability index just goes on and on and on. So I just pulled up all of that data and gosh, there's just so much conflicting data. I've never seen it like this before. Mm -hmm. Usually you can find a good portion of the data is leaning one way or the other. And right now there's just, there's just a lot of uncertainty um, and a lot of conflicting stuff. So that, I mean, it's really based on the amount of distress that property owners are going through right now when you're looking at, you know, all the, the, the death, the, the disease, the divorce, the, the bankruptcy, and, and the drugs. And I mean, drug overdoses just hit an all time record high in June. And so, with all those different types of things going on, it's remarkable that the market is still moving up. And, yeah. uh, people are opting out now of the their foreclosure forbearance. So what looked like it was a certain foreclosure tsunami back in June is now like, well, maybe they're not in as much trouble as we thought they were in. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to tenants, and we're only 2% lower right now uh, than we were this time last year, as far as non-payments. So that's not this giant chunk of people not making their payments. This is this really small little dip. I mean, I that's imagine- That's
2: surprising, my- isn't
1: it? Is it's remarkable. We've
2: the same thing, yeah.
1: yeah. I guess people really don't want to get foreclosed on and they don't want to get evicted. Mm-hmm. There, there is some logic to that. Uh, your house is like, that's probably the first bill that most people pay. You need shelter, you need a roof over your head. Right. And uh, I'm looking at the new home builder confidence is at an all time high. The uh, the new housing starts are almost right at 2005 levels where we, they hit the previous, was the last time we peaked. And then, uh, the population the demand there we got plenty of people walk on the earth to fuel our business for the next 20 years at least mm-hmm. and that yeah. population is just hitting that home buying age like they're entering that big chunk of people in between the age of 30 and 39 and that's where most people buy their first house make a few bucks and move out and move up to the next one so there's a there's a lot of activity coming so i'm excited for it for sure just like you are yeah for sure man sweet well mike it's been a pleasure let's stay in touch uh, sure. If people wanted to go check out the uh, your services, we can send them to sellerskipforce.com because I know you set something up very special for the Epic audience here. So look at mm-hmm. some special treatment over there, sellerskipforce.com. Anything that I missed? Not
2: at all, man. I mean, it's a pleasure to be here. I uh, appreciate you. And uh, if they ever want to get a hold of me, man, you just Michael Singletary on Facebook, uh, message me there or Mike at skipforce.com as
1: well. Fantastic. Thanks, Mike. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, buddy. Uh, right. Bye-bye. Okay. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know? There's a good chance you do know somebody else who would too. And if you think about it, when their name comes to mind, share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. I'll take great care of them. Alrighty. That's it for today. God loves you. And so do I. Health, peace, blessings and success to you. I'm Matt Theria, Living Yo. the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow Huh, yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow You didn't
2: know, boy we got the cash flow